Let's keep that. I I'm serious. <laughs> Don't delete that. <laughs> huh. What about you, bro? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. No selling. Mm. Come a guy, yeah, he nailing. Yeah. Audio, I'm top billing. Yeah. All of my boys dope dealing. What? Super whack, I'm no villain. Mm. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think he is? I just want to make my dough. Gotta take care of my kids. Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World Presents, a Lovecraft Country review. And like always, I have my co-host and friend here, Tiffany. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, let's jump right into it. We are now at episode eight of Jigabobo. That's the name. Two more to go. Oh, my God. I don't think I can say goodbye. Okay, I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> that was the, the titled uh, episode this week. Uh, let's just start it off like we always do and give our initial thoughts. You can go first. Okay. Well, like I briefly told you um, offline, like this made me cry. Um this episode three, um, last week, episode seven, and this one are definitely the top three episodes um, that I have taken in. And as we said from the beginning, you have to watch these episodes more than once. Um, I literally just cried. I think, and, and I'm pretty sure, Jeff, you know, the two specific scenes that... Um, I just, it, it was a lot as a black woman. Um, I'm not a mother, but I just know that pain as well. And just seeing that in your child and it, it just brought a lot of emotions and, you know, just the black experience period, like just being tired and it just, it is draining. So yeah, this episode brought that, brought all those feelings. Um, yeah, this was uh I should say this was a tough episode, especially for that first ten minutes, because we have been talking about it for a while. Um, and you brought it up and brought it to everybody's attention that Bobo was actually Emmett Till, and if you didn't know now you know. And we kept you know, suggesting or giving the idea that maybe his death would play a part in, you know, in this series and if we got to this point where you know his friend she is let's just say she's not doing well she she's just lost her mother how <laughs> she can't find her mother nobody's telling her the truth and she's just like her mother so she knows that it's more going on diana knows that it's a, a lot going on that nobody's telling her um but she's also now dealing with her friend dying and the way that he died and to the point of the hottest day, I guess, of the summer, and you could smell them. Yep. And people were, and it was an open casket, and people were coming out from the viewing, throwing up. And. And that's reality. That's yeah. really what truly happened. That, and she's, she's, she's just a little girl. 
And she, all she's seeing around her is death from her, you know, from Uncle Dwight, her the father, to now this. And it's just, you know, it's a lot to take in. And especially at that age, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to believe. And not only that, just being a black little girl. So yep. that plays a factor. So I just thought they did the actress did a really wonderful job in portraying that pain, that confusion, that just not knowing that anger. She did a wonderful job. And I, you know, she was my MVP performer for this episode. Um I thought they did a yeah. I thought they did a really good um I thought it I thought it was just really good on that that aspect and that part of it. Uh we'll dive later on into uh, the other stuff, but just her performance, I thought was really good. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, and I will say, I, honestly, up until one scene with the sheriff, um, she didn't have a lot of. Uh, well, her her interaction with uh, Montrose and their argument, but it was a lot of body and face acting for her. So she definitely, for being such a young actress, she really embodied that and like you said showing that emotion of still being a kid like imagine your 14 year old friend went to a family vacation and to come back like that um she she played that very well just still being a a a teenager but still seeing that angst that trying to find some direction you know what i'm saying like like you said with her mom being gone um, dad no longer there. It's like she really was by herself. And I will say also overall in this episode, it kind of it kind of showed you almost um, metaphorically how she was still falling through the cracks. Like nobody was paying attention to her. Like we still had the storylines. And I really feel like Montrose was the only one that kept running into her. But even in the midst of all her pain, losing her best friend, not knowing her mom is, she still fell through the crack. And I thought I thought that was a good image to see, like, even in all that's going on, we're still missing what this girl is going through. Yeah, And I thought that was a good good way for the director. Misha, um, shout out to Misha Green, who directed this was her directorial debut. So she did an excellent job in portraying all of that. Oh, She's gonna get more work. Uh, oh yeah! This is this is a this is a fantastic um, episode. Um, yeah, I thought that was great too. What you were speaking of, as far as her physical acting, because it was mostly fear and confusion the whole episode, mm-hmm. and the adults around her, yeah, just not noticing, not paying attention. Just like when she went to Letty, it was like, "Girl, what's wrong? Oh, go get some water." And it's like you don't see her acting strange at all. And I know she was wrapped up in her own thing as far as what was going on between her Tick and um, his past lover, <laughs> which we'll get to because the 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 balls just to just come. Oh my goodness! But anyway, I understood why. But uh, back to Diana. Yeah, I just thought everything was just so good about what she did, and basically we're still left with no. She is still fucked up. Whatever it did, yep. whatever that white dude did. Oh my. He put spit on Man, her. listen, Ugh. let me tell you something. Let's just get right into that because at the at the beginning, you know, Diana walked off because she just was fush. And I'm I'm glad that 
we got the presence of Emmett Till's body, but they didn't try to go that far and just, you know, not show him, but show, you know, what happened. And I'm so glad for her that she didn't even go in the church to, to see his body. Cause sometimes I feel like death isn't the last image that you should have of people sometimes. And that's why I'm kind of iffy about funerals. Um, but when she walked off and I also started anger her when she threw them rocks at them girls that were laughing. Cause it was like, this ain't even a day to laugh. Like I've been there, you know, where you just so sad from losing somebody like how dare somebody laugh. Like, how dare somebody's having a good time, and especially with his experience and what he just, you know, went through as a 14-year-old boy, these grown men did to him. Um, but when she walked off and she got cornered by them police officers, um, Mr. Captain um, Mix-a-Lot, because he half black and half white, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Um, <laughs> but when they cornered her and just had the... Uh, not even some spit, like, you know, that accidentally come out your mouth. That was a loogie. He hoped. Who helped me? And that is the biggest def. Ooh, the biggest offense that besides slapping you. Man, listen, listen, I can't. We all got to die. Even, <laughs> Everybody got to go. <laughs> Everybody got to go. And for him to cast a spell on her. Um just because she didn't know stuff. Like, can you imagine that was her first introduction to magic? Because she was still thinking comic books. She, The drawings that she made, she was like, what are you talking about? You know, and I I thought it was, and I'm going I'm to get your opinion on it too, so you could, so, so we already know about the spit. But I thought it was very important how they disregarded her mother's name Hippolyta and she corrected them later on mm. and I think that's a reoccurring theme in this in, in black people you know how they say black names and you know say your name loud and proud and you know of course the hashtags but I thought it was very important to Diana to grasp that back even in this scene we didn't catch that but later on in the episode when she corrected him and let him know his Greek motherfucker or asshole or whatever yeah. she called him at that point you know, I think that's a that's a that's a theme that runs very deep among black people, especially like you will respect my name. You will say my name correctly. Yeah. And it, you will get it right. You know, it's so it's so alar not alarming, but it's interesting there in the black community that a lot of people now will won't name their children certain names because of well, jobs and stuff like that. And I get it to a certain degree, but then it's like well, I mean, we we were just saying don't 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 name your daughter Alexis because you like Alexis. If that's the name right. you want, because you know what I mean, because you like that name, that's fine. But it got it just got it was a weird point in naming black children at a certain time, and it, it, you know now yeah. that now I it's think like, I think when people were putting syllables together just because the daddy had this in their name and the mama got this syllable, so I'm gonna put these together like. I think as a as a as a group, and I'm not speaking for all black people, but I think we want meaning behind names. Right. Like it, it, it's that power behind who are you? Just like in last episode, she said, name yourself. Who are you? I am. Mm -hmm. Like your name is so powerful. It's beyond, you know, a resume. But unfortunately, that is the first thing that people see. 
but it's power in what you name yourself and name your children and your descendants. And, you know, even in olden times, you ever notice how, like, one name goes down through generations? Yeah. Like, either somebody got that as their first name, their middle name. I even have it on my mother's side. Like, it, it, it's, it's so much power. And I thought that was so important to remember, like, there's power in your name. And, and everybody should respect it, especially as black people respect it and other races respect when yeah. you say my name because you know <laughs> i am i am uh i like when people correct their names because you know i work with a lot of people and sometimes people will you know not say their name correctly and they like no it's and they're like oh okay right. no 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 let's get it right. right so next time you see me you'll know how to say it and it won't be you you know fumbling and stumbling and right. whatever whatever so i always find it fantastic when people correct you <laughs> like correct you if you say that name wrong and i'm not above yep. hey sometimes i do say names wrong, so i'll be like oh how you say it again and you know they say it and you you know you got it so yeah so i love yep. that i love that scene when she corrected them fucking pig <laughs> <laughs> she said stinks in here because <laughs> <laughs> that damn man probably still up in that room and that's what i'm saying they still got that half dead man like that's crazy that's crazy yeah so yeah it was this episode was a lot it was a lot it was a lot of moving parts this episode and i understand why because we only got two episodes left so things are winding down and getting to the climax and uh where should we jump to now okay we can just talk about um christina and her i don't okay i'm just gonna jump right to the end was she trying to feel pain in the end? Was she trying to feel something? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. This is this besides the first scene where I cried and just understanding what was going on. This was a scene that I literally verbally was like, "Oh my god, I cannot!" Because I didn't see Christina. I saw Emmett. Like I saw a little boy. I saw my nephews. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like her feelings for Ruby, because I think at this point she's genuinely, her and Ruby have this complicated relationship. I ain't even going to call it a situationship because they're delving into more than most situationships do. They have strong feelings for each other. Yes. Right. And I feel like she can't feel exactly what anybody feels not even ruby not even as a black woman but because she cares for ruby so much she wanted to experience it firsthand to see if she should even care like because she was so nonchalant about it not only as a white woman but this is a magical person she don't she don't give a shit about stuff she could change whatever she wants like Mm-hmm. People die all day, every day. You know, like she even made a point to say, I don't care about the two men either. Like, I don't care about the justice that they won't get because she's been living in a world in her own bubble, literally, where nothing affects her. So I think by her being introduced to Ruby and all these emotions and the human side, she wanted to get a taste of that. Now, my question, I'm going to slide this in and you can talk about it. How the hell you walk up to two white men and they willing to do that? that- now that's that was my that was my thing. I'm like, okay, are they in the cult or do they know about magic and stuff like that, or they were just some random people that like, oh, it's a payday. That's what I'm 
that's uh, that's what I was confused. I was like, somebody walk up to me and black people, period, anybody, white, purple, yellow, green, walk up to me talking about, I want you to kill me this way. What? Yeah, I, they, like, I wish it was a little more something we would have got with that. Like, okay, go back to work or go back to the temple. You know, something to know that. Cause I'm like, did she put a spell on them to make them feel like it was okay to do it? Right. And then they just think they got money later. Like, I, I don't know, but that scene, that scene like took me there. Like, I shed some tears just because, again, as a black person, we read about it, we we hear about it, but to see it so so vivid on the screen, regardless that it was a white woman, I immediately saw bl- a black body. Like I immediately saw what that boy by himself must have felt, and just like George Floyd, did he call out for his mama? You know, whoo! I'm trying not to, whoo. Yeah, like you were saying, um, I just think that scene, particularly, I think that was supposed to hit home because we weren't there. We didn't see. We didn't, you know, we weren't around in that time to know anything. All we do is read and see and hear what happened and stuff like that. So for us to actually have somewhat of a picture of what happened, that was that. I think I think that was uh, that was rough. That was rough. Yeah. So I I I. I I hope we get to see, and I'm sure they will, to see what she says afterwards. And another thing about that was the way that she um, she talked. It's almost like those people who are so rich. Out now, I'm speaking of now, and I'm not talking about everything that's going out and that's going around now. That nothing bothers them. You could be white. You could be black. You could be whatever color. But you're in a you're in a space. You're in a bubble where that stuff doesn't affect yeah. you, or you're so far away or removed from it that it doesn't bother you. Because especially when she was like, "I don't care about ABC," just like you said, she was in her own world, so those things didn't affect her or didn't hit home to her because she has her own ideas of what her world is and what she wants her world to be, and it it has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with. Any of all that stuff. It's just about power. And she magic. just indifferent. She's indifferent. And it's like in the, the previous episode when Tick had said something about um so the KKK into magic too, and she was like, They're but they're too poor to deal with. Like, so even if they said something racist in one breath to a black person, they still didn't care for white people either. Like yeah. you're beneath our level, kind of like Donald Trump. <laughs> You know, like these poor white people think he y'all hero. He don't care about y'all, but that's a whole nother show. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> back to Christina, she's just indifferent. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't have a love or hate for anybody. It's but I think Ruby is chipping away at that. That yeah. that's what I think is happening, and that's what caused her to do that. Yeah, and we've all we've questioned this before on past episodes i think it was probably like episode six or seven or it might have been five how much does ruby know oh she knows everything everything <laughs> everything so, so they pillow talking she christina laying up telling her everything because letty was looking at her like bitch <laughs> you spied on us everything like she's like, come on now. I am spy. I'm not spying on y'all, but I know. And it's like everybody's truth is coming out now. Everybody's 
uh, secrets are out. And the only person that's not hot, well, Montrose hiding something else. Because he did something this episode that was alarming. And it's, um, and I know we jumping all over the place, but I just feel like this is better for, that we do it. But that's how, that's, how the, that's how this episode was. Like, it, it wasn't really linear. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> It was like, it was like check, here. check in on this cut character, check on this character. Okay, check on this one. <laughs> it but was just like I'll build up to that Montrose thing. So basically we get Tick and Montrose. Uh Tick is about to leave. He's about to go do um basically do what he gotta do, cast try to cast a spell to protect his family. But he sees Montrose, of course, on the side sidewalk drinking. So he asks him, Do you ever cheat on my mother? And Montrose says, No but your mother knew about my desires, uh, but he never acted on them. So Montrose is trying to explain, I guess, their love for each other and both of them, that love that they wanted a family. And the, that love of a family kind of overrode his desires at that time. So he just held back to have a family, I guess. Uh, yeah. How do you feel both about it? His mom, his mom, you know, she survived the Tulsa massacre. And here he was knowing that he was gay but couldn't act on it based on, you know, not only his own internal stuff, but seeing his pastor, you know, pretty much get thrown into asylum based on the story that he told Tick, you know, for being gay because he was, you know, in the park or the woods or something. So those two came together through their own traumas and saying, look, we don't have to love. We don't have to be in love with each other, but we still want that companionship, that 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 family, you know, not perfect family, of course, but just that image that is acceptable. And so, two people met that fulfilled that need for each other. So at this point, we get back to my I guess is Montrose's apartment, and they're having a conversation, and Tick is just basically like. I got this book from the from my from the future, and Montrose looks at it and he sees George Foreman. And he's like, "It's from my son." So what we were saying last week, <laughs> I guess I was thinking Uncle George he changed time or something. And Uncle George wrote a book, but no, it's his son that wrote the book. So I guess in the future he names his you know son after Uncle George. So, and you know what, Jeff? Not to cut over you, but it makes sense because. Freeman is Tick's family name, which is Hippolyta, is his biological aunt. So it makes sense that the last name would come from him because I don't remember what George's last name is. So it made sense when once I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, we had hyped on the George thing, but that is his last name. Yeah. Which is Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're saying that. Right now, now that does make sense, and I don't even know how I didn't notice that <laughs> last week. Me, that I noticed it after the fact. I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh, okay, got it." So, um, what I want to get at is Montrose basically says he's willing to do anything to protect his son and grandson. Uh, so they cast a spell, but it's like this look that Montrose gives Tick, like he knows more. Like, he knows something else, but he just didn't say it. And I forgot what was said, but I know it was right before he was about to try to cast a spell. A spell. When um he was reading the, when he was reading the words, and he said, water flood. And Tick said, it says flood water, You will, whatever the, the saying was. And he was like, oh, I'm dyslexic. 
and Tick said, since when? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, anything else you tell you, you ain't telling me? Yeah, he kind of just looked at him. That's what it was. So, yeah. He kind of gave him a strange look. So, uh, we, I feel like uh, Montrose got another ace in the hole that he going to drop on us. <laughs> well, who's to, know, who's to say what else he burned? Because, you know, remember that he burned some books and bylaws and, and things like that. So who's to say he didn't read something yeah. that pertained to them? And he done burned it and he, he done did his own history. But for him to be, because I'm like, if he dyslexic, he is doing a masterful job with his spell. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't think I want a dyslexic person reading a spell that's supposed to well, <laughs> protect me. <laughs> let's just say in the end, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess it did. Um, well, we'll just we'll just we'll just wrap Montrose and Tick up with saying I'm glad that they they're calmer with each other. It, I'm not gonna say that they father and son, but it, it was nice to see you know some type of you know peace between them. That's all I'll I say. A common. A common enemy, per se. Yeah, I think it was a common enemy thing. I think it was a common enemy thing, too. And I think it's Tick coming to the realization of I'm a grown man and he's a grown man. And a lot of the things that happened within the past, I can't change. I can be angry about them all day. And Anybody, you know, you can be angry about something all day. But to keep holding that anger in and try to move on with your life is not healthy for the other people that's going to be around you. Cause you always going to be angry about something. And then in turn, you may just end up just like Montrose was with your son because he's angry yeah. about certain, certain things. So he had to, I, I'm not saying he did this, but I'm just, just maybe giving a glimpse of maybe he knows he has to let that anger go. He can still feel a certain type of way about it. But at this point, what is it going to change? You know, you had to move forward with your father and have some type of relationship. And I think that was the whole thing of, you know what? And he kind of said, like, no matter what, I do know my father loves me. It may be his fucked up kind of love, but I know he cares about me. And, you know, he's a yeah. fucked up individual. But, um, yeah, we'll get to the end because I want to save that. Let's go. Or do we want to talk? Do, do we need to talk about the sex scene? Um, that, that, we can talk about that real briefly. I think that, and as, as, um, visual and, um, very detailed as that was, I think it played a part in, again, leading to Christina wanting to, you know, interact and, and play, play out that, the Emmett Till, um, death, um, I think Ruby at that point, how can I say this? Her taking the potion, which she later explained after they were taught after the sex. It was the one day that she, you just didn't want to be black. Like she just wanted to disassociate from it. Not saying she did it the right way, but you have to take yourself into this universe. Like if you had the power to, to just for a moment to take the heaviness of being a black person, a black woman, a black man off your shoulders, not forever, but just a moment, especially in this moment. I think that's what drove her to take the potion to have sex with him and to just live in that moment for a minute. Although he fucked the white off of her. Um, <laughs> 
which I was I laughed a little bit because I was like, it was that good. Grand day. <laughs> but I think in that moment, she just needed that release oh. and not feel the burden of being a black woman. Um yeah, I don't have that. I, I don't have too much to add to that. I mean, you said it best. He fucked the white out of her ass. Just fucked it right off of her. Like, get this shit out of here. Um, I think it would have been uh, just one more point. I think it would have been more more um, climatic if she if Christina had shed her skin too. Like, I feel like that was what was missing. Like, even though it's gory and it's sci-fi. I think if she has stripped herself of William and they truly slept with each other, that would have been the moment. You I think know that's what I'm coming. saying? And I, maybe it'll come later. Yeah, I think that's coming later. I think they're saving that. Um, so uh, we can talk about, I guess now, the elephant in the room is, uh, her name is J- Jaya? Jay? However you want to say it, takes old flame. P- yeah. Pulled up. Pulled up to the scene to the his new boo house. Um, I mean, you know, it takes some balls to do that. And she basically, I guess, told uh, Letty everything that happened, and because he didn't tell her, and I was torn in this argument. The argument afterwards, where, where before that, tickets like, why did you even come here? What we had, it wasn't real. And he's lying to himself because we all know we saw how it played out. They were in love. And that was his first encounter of the magic or this this universe that he's uh, been involved in now. So I understood Letty's anger, but I also understood what Tick was saying, too. So I was on kind of like on both sides. I was like right in the middle because both of their arguments and both of their stance were legit. But. Letty said one important thing. You're still alive and everybody else has been dying around you. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you were honest about the situation that happened, maybe some of these things could have been worked out differently or, you know, you should just let us in the know. We've gotten this close. I'm carrying your baby at this point. What do, what do we have any secrets for? And Tick is just like, I'm just trying to protect everybody. I'm especially trying to protect you because he knows that she's pregnant. How does he know she's pregnant? I'm not sure. Did she? Because of the book. Because remember he saw his Oh, shit. <laughs> you so slow. Yo, no, because I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here the whole time, and I forgot that he read the book. Yeah. I just sat here and forgot and he- that he read the book. And remember, he said he told Montrose he was like, "She didn't tell me yet, but uh, yeah, I read it. I, this is this is written by my son." Yeah. Okay. Brain fart moment. I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I understood what both of them were saying, and she's more of the thing of let's do this together. But as soon as Tick gets in arguments, what I've noticed, he likes to run away. Can we talk about that? <laughs> well, you know, that's that's how he do. Like he been on the run. He been solo pretty much since he left for the army. Let's like let's keep it a buck. That is a very common trait in black men. Now, let's just be honest with that. That's just that's a trait. Cause we don't like to argue. You don't like confrontation. And, and when the confrontation comes, 
it's easier to run away and be like, you know what, I'm out of here. And with faithful tick, get get a bag and I'm going to go do something. <laughs> with no, let's do this together. Even though <clears throat> she was angry and she was pissed at him, which she rightfully had a reason to be pissed at him, she still was like, let's do this together. Let's try to figure this out. Don't try to go out on your own. Because she didn't want him to die because, you know, they, they are a couple. They're pretty much a couple now or whatever. That's a black woman in love. Like, y'all can irritate us to death, but we still going to have y'all back. Still going to protect y'all. And I'm just wondering what she, well, so what Shorty do? She just keeps sitting there? Because he was like, she gone. I'm like, we ain't see her walk out. <laughs> yeah, she sat there, got her breath together. And oh, she was so hurt. he walked away, <laughs> she was down there in the, in the dining room by herself. So she walked on out. She was so hurt. I, I, you know, because like she said, she uh, like Letty was saying, you know, she loves you. Like, you know, she's, she's in love with you. That's why, she, you know. She's here. She's telling you these things. She don't want to see you die either. But the whole thing I would be, I don't think Tick's really realized yet, is even though he's freaked out by her, she didn't kill him. So that, you know, so she do love me. So I don't even know why he would say what he said, but I think it was more out of anger because, you know, you blowing up the spot. You at my lady house. <laughs> I think, I think, I think he was more upset too. Like she ain't had no answers. Like, you know, like when you sitting there trying, you decoding magic papers, you got, you got people chasing you, you can't shoot the white lady because she stopped your gun. Like, and then here you come, you tell me I'm going to die, but you don't tell me that else. Like, I don't know. So you don't know how I'm going to die. You don't know what day I'm going to die. <laughs> what on, do what, you what know? <laughs> like, and- you just. You just here to scam me again. That's really, that's all you're doing. And it goes back to what I said, uh, I think what we both were saying last week is that maybe he just passed out. Because you don't have no answers of how I died. Yeah, and that's what I feel like. I'm I'm like, and maybe that's what the anger is like. So what you know, like you you just here to scam me. You told me this in Korea. Okay, I'm going to die. Thank you. But what else? No. Like if you ain't come with nothing else to help me from these from these wizards and witches and shit, why you here? So I got a question though. Um, she says she sees everything once the man climax, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mean no harm. My knees weak. I ain't trying to be uh running out nowhere. Stuff. Tick was moving fast out that motherfucking house, but that's last week. Never mind. <laughs> Move, moving on. I'm down with you. Move, I ain't trying to be moving on. around all fast and shit. You got the fuck up out of there. Like my knees fear, weak. Fear, fear make you move a little quick. <laughs> Just like when people get caught in somebody else's house, they move real quick. Oh shit. Quick. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Cause I know you did. I'm I'm sure you did some deep by diving. Let's talk about Diana and the book and the two twins, Topsy and Bopsy, that were chasing her. Uh, let's find out more about that book. I know you did some deep diving. Um, it was from Uncle Tom's Cabin. The the book, the literary piece that has gone through generations and school and everything. And I can honestly say I don't remember everything about the book. And I don't know if I need to revisit it in my adulthood. Um, but it basically was written um, as a anti-slavery, but it turned into this satire and what we generally know as the... Um, 
kind of like the Jigaboos, and and the, and that's kind of like the play on the title, Jigabobo. Um, the Jigaboos, the big red lips, the dark black skin, um, the black face, the 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 um, what is it? Those little shows that used to play where they where the black person was the kind of joke, then the butt of the joke, and then Uncle. Tom's Cabin book, um, Topsy is the representation of this little black girl that this white family buys to be the toy, basically, of their daughter. So what she does is, in the book, get her um, white counterpart to do all her mischief, because, of course, black people are the mischievous ones. So that's where this image of black face and and all of that came to be out of that book. So if you haven't read it or haven't read it in a long time, just revisit it um, and get a little bit more background on that. Um, but I thought it was very interesting how they did it because again, you got to remember this is a sci-fi horror genre type of show. So to create that image of a haunting image following this black girl that only she can see, which is terrifying in itself, and um, great job to the two actresses. I think they're adults, but they played like children. They like gymnasts and dancers. So, of course, they could contort and do all that. And they had some little sweet little choreography. I didn't oh, go front. How. Like, if you really looked at them, they were dancing. They were doing some 2020 <laughs> dances, too. I saw them. <laughs> I saw them. I was like, wait a minute. You won't do this dance, no damn 50s. Get that shit out. <laughs> but so, like, I thought it, it would. And I and I've gotten feedback from other people that watch the show and you know truly people that are following it now. <laughs> like they were like truly horrified and scared of it. I didn't think they were. I thought they were creepy, but I was so into the story. Like that stuff doesn't scare me. So it was more intriguing than anything to see these versions of a little black girl in the you know a demonic ghoulish manner chasing this girl diana that's just trying to find some sanity in all of this crazy mess and now this is her first interaction with magic so you done lost your friend your because mind you this is all the same day this white man has spit on you you got people following you he done cursed you so you can't even tell nobody because as soon as she tried to say something she can't talk about it so it, it was it's a lot diana got stressed the fuck out this day like yeah. i understand why she snapped at the end like yeah, she, i can only imagine they, they, i'm almost sure it took 10 years away from her life because uh yeah that's a stressful Man, day listen stressful stressful yeah stressful. and 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 what i thought too was like that was a point like it took me back to last episode when hippolyta was like but d needs me she needed you today like, I, I, um like, yes wherever you floating at <laughs> Yes. You ain't see this? You didn't see this? Like, so, yeah, she really needed her mom. And I feel like there may be some resentment later on if she comes yeah. back. It, it, yeah, because at the, at the end of the last episode, I thought that was her intentions, but clearly something to call her up. I don't know. But yeah, Diana Diana a grown woman at the end of this episode. Like, it, it's not even <laughs> she has dealt with too much in, in a 24 hour period. And I just thought it was it was great to see her transformation from being the scared girl on the train platform. Like, do y'all see this? What is going on? And her running away 
to her confronting captain, like, what the fuck did you do to me? Like, what what is your problem? And actually, going, <laughs> I'm sorry, but actually, her character girlfriend is going from a naive little girl to to this point. Because remember, at first, yeah. she was just like she's not knowing nothing. She's making her comic books and helping her father out with uh, trips. Right. So now it's yeah. just like, oof. That's a hard but I, th- I thought, yeah, I thought it was so amazing. Like after that confrontation and her being on her bike, she just like took that deep breath. And um, yes, I deep dived on the speech. Um, I'm sure Jeff, you were listening to that too. Um, and it was by Naomi Wadler, I think it is. She was 11 years old in in 2018, but she she did this great speech in DC, I believe it was, and she's an activist even just at that young age. And I thought it was great that they use that speech like I'm a representation of all young black women, black girls. And that that was Diana, this whole episode, like carrying that weight, like our our black children aren't children. But for so long, you know, especially in that atmosphere, like they had to grow up so fast. And now you twist the magic into, you know, yeah, it's a TV show. But just the reality of Emmett Till, that weight on children, period. Like, she was there to, you know, that speech kind of resonated about, you know, speaking up for those black girls, you know, that are out here that have to grow up so fast and have to deal with things that children, period, shouldn't have to deal with. So that was a very powerful speech and a powerful moment when she just faced those two little topsy and bopsy, like, look, I got to get out of here. And either we go, you know, I'm going to roll over you or I'm going to take you with me. Either one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But he was a different person. It was basically, uh, it was no more flight. And it was fear, but it was fear of, well, I'm just going to go out swinging. That's what it got to the point right. of. Because so, I'm getting tired of running around and doing all that crazy shit. Um, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and get to that. Basically, she goes, she's following, I believe she's following the cap, that that police officer, captain, whatever, and mm-hmm. she pulls up on him. <laughs> she pulls with her, up. With her baseball hat on, ready to knock somebody's head off. <laughs> now, remind you, remind you, everybody that's listening, this is a little 14-year-old girl. Uh, we in the 50s. We are in a time where she could get shot, hung, Anything could happen to her. She pulls up to those to those two white dudes like, what the fuck did you do to me? <laughs> and they looking at her like, hmm. It was almost like they was he was proud that she came. Like, I'm not going to say he was proud of her because I don't think he liked black people. But it it, it was almost respectful because he didn't grab her or anything. No, he was he like, well, goddamn. Oh, you got heart. Okay. <laughs> You, you you got heart, don't you? Well, you don't know what you're getting into. And, and, and I couldn't have you talking. <laughs> I need somebody to rip his shirt off and explain to me why his body black. Um, are we going to touch about this? Like, y'all can't just show us that and then. Listen, but anyway, you'll get, you'll get your answers. It's Diana's show. Yeah, you'll get your answers on that. So basically, uh, we at the point, and he's just like, I couldn't have you out there talking and stuff like that. And then she was, she was basically trying to get. She wanted to know what the fuck is chasing me. Well, I don't know about all that, but if you can go get me the um, if you can, the orrery, because yeah, he was like, you know what, an orrery. She was like, yeah, I know what an orrery. <laughs> uh, she was, she was fed up. She was twenty four at this point. She was just fed up. 
<laughs> yeah, I know what it is. That was a long day. Well, you go get that for me, and I, I'll, I'll get what's up with chasing you. And she's looking, she's basically like, huh. And I forgot what she says, but I know she spits on him. When she corrected the, oh, when yeah, she, she corrected the other she one corrected, about her mama's name. Yeah, she says Hippolyta. And basically she spit on him and was basically like, fuck you, pig, or something like that. Oh, it's a Hippolyta. She spit on him. And she said something else. I can't she remember. She said it's stinking here. Yeah, it's that's what she was like. She's stinking here. So we don't know if she's going to get the Ori or not. They kind of like left it open. Or whatever, but then when she leaves out, he's like, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> so basically he's gonna try to I guess take it himself, but he tries to go to um they have some fucking warrant or whatever and try to go. Well 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 let well let's stick with Diana real quick before we get to the end of the house. Scene. Okay. Cause remember when she went back to she she had made up her mind she was just gonna fight these these two little girls. She oh, yeah, she yeah. was like, Look, can't nobody see him. So I'm just going to have to do this, what I got to do. And she went back to the, I guess, the travel guide headquarters and locked the doors except for one. And she had a bat and a metal pipe. And she was just ready. She was like, you know what, damn all this. And I thought it was smart, too, in that scene where she was like, her standoff was that even though she couldn't talk about it, she started drawing them. So it was like, even if I don't survive this, somebody going to gonna see this and maybe maybe my uncle know maybe tick know about it maybe let it maybe this can explain to them because i think i don't think she thought she was gonna die but she was resolved like i need to leave something i can't talk about it but i can draw it because that was her strength and so i thought that was that was that was nice to put that in there to keep that going that that's her strength too to to draw and to put it out there but yeah at that point she was ready to go and swinging and, I'll, and again, you got to take it back. She fought, I guess she's 13, 14 at this point. Like, um, you trying to fight ghosts with a pipe. Like, that don't really work, but that's still a child. Like, I'm yeah. going, at this point, I got to do what I got to do. I don't know how to beat them. Don't nobody else see them. So clearly, it's just me and them. Because at this and, point, <laughs> at this point, she's thinking physical, but it's really mental. Because even when... Okay, even just speeding it up, Montrose comes in and is like holding her. She still feel like she's being attacked. And I think it's more of a mental thing, but we're seeing like them clawing at her arm, but I don't think that's really happening. It's happening in her mind. Because, you know, Montrose yeah. would have been like, oh my God, are you bleeding? Where's this coming from? He wasn't like that. He was just trying to hold her down from swinging. Yeah, and then, and that, and to go back to your scene, I think what you were trying to remember and um, was when she said, what's going to happen if they get me? Yeah. And 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 nobody answered her. And that's when she got frustrated and was like, fuck you, pigs, and it stinks <laughs> in here and left. But but we saw the image when you saying like when she was facing off with them and then Montrose again found her. He the only one that found her at this point and Letty brushed her off. So Montrose is really the only one she's interacted with this whole episode. And he grabs her and you see that. And I wanna I wanna believe that we're going to find out, like, do they possess her? Like, does she become a different person? Um, Because I feel like us seeing the blood brought it back to, like, something's going to change in reality. Because, yeah, it definitely is a mental thing in this in this um, curse that he put on her. But I feel like us visually seeing 
her getting clawed and blood, I think something's going to affect reality with her. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to save it for off air. I have an idea, but I'm, I'm not going to say it on air. <laughs> I have an idea, but um, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll let you close this out with the uh, with the uh, final act of the this episode. <laughs> Man, listen. Okay, so here go Captain Mixalot because that's his name for me. Um. So he thinks he just go bore God his way into the boarding house um, to get the Ori because he tatted this shit as he had said in the previous episode. And I, I guess him thinking he a white man, he got magic and, you know, he the police, you know, he can't, can't nobody stop him. So, of course, he gets confronted with the with the barrier. So he can't barge in. One of the other little police little deputies did, which I thought was interesting. So it's just him. And and Letty and Ruby realize, okay, he knows magic and he know we know magic. So now we about to get in some deep shit. So of course, in 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 1955 fashion, um, white police officers all in the street pointing guns at this house, talk about you know, let us in. And then really they didn't even ask at that point. After he got the 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 um barrier at the door, they just started shooting in the house. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I think we need to pause because we missed a very good part and we won't talk about it long because I know we want to end. But Letty at the church and she met with Christina. And throughout this whole episode, everybody met with Christina. So no matter how mad y'all get at Christina, she always give a little bit. So she like she not evil. And she's not good either. Because cause remember, Letty asked her for invulnerability for Tick. Tick. You know, she, yeah. was there, she was there pray, praying to God, you know, which I thought was such a complicated thing in itself. Like, you praying to God, but you talking to this girl that knows magic to protect him, both the same message. And instead of giving invulnerability to Tick, Christina said, no, I'll do it for you. And she put this the mark of Cain, which if anybody biblical, they know Cain and Abel, Cain killed his brother. And then Cain was scared when he got banished that people were going to kill him. So he got the mark that would protect him and that he would live his life. Again, I'm not going to go into the Bible. I just know it. Keep it moving. But that's what Christina puts on Letty as, a, as, as invulnerability for her. So now... When we fast forward to the end of the scene, when they're shooting at her house in this boarding house, Letty has that epiphany like, this stuff can't even affect me. And Ruby is screaming on the floor, get down, get down. What are you doing? Get down. Nah, but all the bullets were bouncing off of her. Yeah. So, so clearly that spell worked. Um, but she also had a look of disgust on her face like, this some bullshit. Yeah, like, like y'all really shoot, shoot I up my house. I just went um, a couple of weeks with the, the damn horns and white people fucking everything, and now you telling me I'm dealing with this. It's just a lot. It's it's people. It's draining. I, if you're it's not draining. black, if you are not black, I'm gonna stress this. If you are not black, you will never understand the black experience. You will never understand the small things and the big things that we have to go through just just because of our skin color. I'm talking about back then, and I'm talking about now. Now I would never try to, uh, you know, 
say which one is worse. I didn't live back then. I can only imagine or remember what my grandmother used to tell me about those times and what my mother had to go through or what my father had to go through. But I just know for us in 2020, yeah, you know, we see it, but you see it in the streets. You see it every day. You see it in the news. You see it on social media, the stuff that happens to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, just had to get that out. Yeah, she just had to look and discuss. Like, I'm glad the spell worked, but this some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, they are really. It was. It had to be about 15 of them just shooting in the house, just nonstop shooting. So, in the midst of this, Tick was at Macho's house when they were doing the spell, and we see him. They finished the spell, and Macho say, "Amen," and he like, "It can't hurt. It can't hurt, <laughs> it can't hurt at this point." <laughs> but um. We don't exactly see that the spell works, so that was kind of disappointing. But Tick is walking back to the boarding house, back to be with Letty, and he sees all of this, and he's like, what the hell? And then, of course, out of the 30, 15, 30 police officers shooting, one turns and sees him, and of course, like Jeff, like we always say, we're the we're we're the weapon. That is a this just a black man walking down the street. Y'all got guns a whole army shooting in this house of women, mind you, because there's really no men around at this point. And, of course, he becomes the threat in the middle of the street. And Tick puts his hands up, and he's, like, you know, looking for fear. And here come Letty, because, again, she's going to protect her man, pregnant or not. I think she forgets she's pregnant sometimes. (laughs) She She is trying to get over there as fast as she can. Man, listen, she was like, no, 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 don't shoot. And, of course, with no reason other than a black man standing there, this police officer shoots, and we get the infamous slow-mo of this bullet. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, I know Letty is a main character, but it is only two episodes left, so they could potentially, like, hurt him. And then, (laughs) you know, I don't know what could happen. Then Letty could get shot. Maybe she run in front of the bullet. I don't know what the spell did to her. She could have, you know, inhuman speed i don't know Mm -hmm. but we get the slow-mo and then out of nowhere the (laughs) the street cracks open and we get a version of this black and and i like to point that out jeff this one is black now remember the ones in the previous episodes they were like pale Mm -hmm. little piggly looking things this is ticks this (laughs) yeah this 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 came up out the ground and if y'all remember the 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 episode way back when because we've been through a lot Um, (laughs) if y'all remember back in autumn in the woods and the the beast that killed the police we got another beast to kill the police again (laughs) so um yeah his monster comes out of the ground and he just wrecks havoc and i think letty and tick shitted on themselves or peed on themselves i don't know what happened as they should (laughs) as i would too it happens so fast, and the beast is running across the cars. And long story short, hip hip parade. Captain gets torn apart. He's still trying to shoot the monster. That don't work. Um, I want to say, is is the beast a reference to fuck the police and pigs? <laughs> like, I, I just, don't know. I was just sitting there like the spell did work, and. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. we did. Did you see the police of a, the police officer that got thrown in the air? I thought that was funny. Yeah. I chuckled. I said, <laughs> I said, 
I said, what if he live? Is he going to be able to tell his story? <laughs> and what the fuck you talking about? Got your ass beat, didn't you? <laughs> I'm telling so, you, it was a fucking a, black monster. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> we did have a moment, though, where we didn't know if the beast was protective or not. Because in the previous episodes, we just saw it killing people. It didn't have no no distinction. But so, of course, you know, Tick and Letty are holding each other and huddled. And Tick kind of put his hands up. I don't know what that would do. But he was just like, stop. Like, he didn't know what else to do. And we come to see that the the, the beast just kind of rests down like a puppy mm-hmm. and put his head down to be petted. Like, did I do a good job? <laughs> and it was like guess the spell did work in Montrose house so it may not be exactly what we thought as a invulnerable spell like Christina did this something different this a whole di- this the black remix to mm. these spells not to, <laughs> like, not to not to mention this scene that that creature ripped open one of the monsters and the blood squirted all over them <laughs> yes they was hiding behind the car trying ah. to look, like they they trying to hide but look at the same time like what's going on like is this really happening <laughs> you know we nosy <laughs> yeah yeah but but yeah so clearly both of them are protected at this point um now we gotta go check on ruby in the house you know that's because she was on the ground and she was not getting up. So I don't even know if she saw all this or not. She probably did knowing her ass. I mean, can you imagine the little racist white neighbors, though? Oh, my God. Do you see what's going on over there, Karen? <laughs> Would you look at this? Should we call the police? Call that is the, the police. police That's the whole police. I think we should just go to bed tonight and act like we never saw it. Just close the windows. If it don't see us, we don't see it. <laughs> and with, I think another awesome thing about this now is I think we've all come to understand that everybody that we know in this world, this is their world and their bubble. None of that outside shit matters. The police don't matter because last week we was thinking like, oh, shit, her name is on the comic. What's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. None. Because, you know, the the main players – are in in are involved in this world too it's like the outside world matters and it's it's like it's the backdrop of everything that's going on around this uh this whole magic and all this stuff that's going on so it's kind of cool that they do it like that because like i said i don't know last week was like oh my god name is on the thing what's gonna happen and that's the only reason that they came towards her because they found they didn't know how their their homeboys got killed. Where your mama at? <laughs> Where your mama at? What? And even even the questioning the questioning didn't even sound like some police questioning. It was like that's why she was like, "What the fuck? I don't know. If she yeah. at work." It was it, it so yeah. I need I need Hippolyta to come on come on out of the stars. And come get your baby, cause some some different. I don't know if she gonna if, if they gonna play the the angle of of a possession if, or or what. If she don't but, bring her black ass back there here dancing with Josephine Baker and take care of her daughter, <laughs> shit, that child is so, going through yeah, trauma. I, I don't know, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Um, but yeah, she need to come home, protect her baby at all costs. Um, Ruby and Christina need to figure it figure it out like like i said i guess like you said maybe they'll save that for next two episodes to kind of give us a you know true ruby and christina relationship 
Um, and I know we touched on the very the episode with Christina. Um, but again, that was just a very powerful episode. And if you don't take anything from this show, um, just take the reality that this this is real. Like we didn't we we can't have a show like this rooted in sci-fi and horror when the real horror is out there and still out there, you know. So if you're not a fan of sci-fi horror movie, take take the reality aspect. Do research, you know. Like they say, if you ever want to teach, keep something from somebody, put it in books. So don't always take your history from social media. Like read these books, read these things that really happen to our people, and yeah. just take something from this this show. Yep. What did what did um? I just heard that recently. Oh, Malcolm X, when my man said, "Well, a white man wrote the dictionary," and he's like, "Yeah, but the 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 answers are right there in front of you if you read them." So yeah. Yeah. Read it for yourself. You know, I I, th- I hope this this TV show is a vessel for people to learn our history because this the, the horrors, the monster, and and you notice that they use the word monster a lot in all the episodes. Even in this episode, it was like he looks like a monster, mm-hmm. and he wasn't the monster. These monsters really exist. Yeah, this is a fantasy world with Lovecraft, but it's real. Uh, monsters do exist. We they're right in front of us, and yeah, this this show is really deep. I'm I'm glad for people that are truly watching it. You know, even if they got to catch up from seven episodes back, you know, but just really take from it, and it's something that I will probably watch binge watch from beginning to end again. Like you know, once everything is said and done with the ten yeah. episodes and. Just really sit there and absorb some stuff and find things that I didn't see. Um, I think it's going to be interesting next week. Um, we're going to go back to Tulsa. And again, if you guys don't know the history on that, True Life Tulsa Massacre killing black people because just because they could. Um, and, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, intertwine that history story into this this world yeah um so we're gonna get up out of here this week uh we hope you enjoyed it if you want to follow me on social media you can follow me at jeff versus the world on twitter and on facebook also on instagram at the real real jeff versus the world and if you want to follow tiffany you can follow her on instagram at quiet underscore underscore uh storm 80 80 Yep. Uh, yeah, I still got it, boy. I'm remembering. Um, yeah, so my memory ain't failed me yet. Uh yeah, so anyway, until next week, this has been episode number eight, and we are out of here. Peace. Be safe, y'all.